Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to another edition of Children of Song, the podcast, of course, that explores what it was like to grow up surrounded by music. Today is a special episode for us, not only because it's our 45th episode, but it marks a change in the series. And while it may not be our last, it will be the last of our weekly episodes. We've been bringing you this series since last September, and a few of us, Robert K. Orman, Charles Isherwood, and I, have been working on it really over the last year and a half, not to mention the countless others behind the scenes who make this happen every week. Today's guest is also special for many reasons. The night before we did this interview with Margie Singleton, I was awoken out of a deep sleep by a phone call telling me that my mother was dying. She'd had a heart attack last summer, and while the call wasn't a surprise, it's something you're never quite prepared for. Margie knew things had been hard for my mother. Somehow we had shared things to one another in our pre-interview for this episode. She told me about losing her husband, Leon Ashley, and how difficult that was for her. And I told her about Mom. When we saw each other that next morning, it was like she knew something was on my heart. She gave me a big hug and told me everything would be all right. I left right after the interview and headed back to Ohio to say goodbye. I played her Margie's Pledging My Love album over and over in that hospital room. And slowly, Mom began to defy the odds and come back to life. Amazingly, eight months later, I'm happy to report that Mom is still with us. She's a strong woman with an even bigger spirit. But Margie, being the amazing person that she is, called me in Ohio to check in on me while I was there. She called me again a couple months ago, trying to find out about Mom, and then again last week. She's really a one of a kind. Again, we've done this for 45 times, and I've heard from a few artists afterwards, but nothing like Margie. So without further ado, here's Robert K. Orman and I with the great Margie Singleton. Margie Singleton is an artist who has done it all in this business. She is a songwriter, a radio barn dance star, a session singer in Nashville for years and years and years, and uh, has just been everywhere and done it. (laughs) And Margie, I'm so glad you're here. Just not a guitar player. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Uh, Robert. You grew up in Shreveport, Louisiana. Absolutely. Where there was a show, it was like the Grand Ole Opry, called the Louisiana Hayride. It was called the Cradle of the Stars. Right. And you were just a little girl when you started going to it, right? How old were you when you were About 17. Uh Uh-huh. And what what attracted you about it? I just had it in my soul. Just had it. It was a place to go where music was, and I wanted to be there. Mm -hmm. So I started going there and just finally got in on being a member. Mm Mm-hmm. And when did you get your first guitar? Around seventeen, mm-hmm. because I uh, I got my first little little uh, Martin baby Martin, mm-hmm. 
and I'd just give anything if I still had it. I was going to say, that's a good guitar. Yes. It, it got stolen from me in Acapulco, Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> and did, were you writing songs as a teenager as well? Mm-hmm. What, was, yeah. what were your early songs like? Um, well, there's a song on on Phil, um, Brooke Benton's album, True Confessions. Mm-hmm. It's about the True Confession magazine back then. Mm-hmm. They'd write in and tell their, their confessions. <laughs> <laughs> and um, just teenage wedding, just this just teenage stuff. You got married very young too, right? Yes. What? So, uh, I mean, I was we're talking a, really young. Really young. I was never a little girl. If you see pictures of me back when I was 13 years old, you wouldn't think I, you'd think I was 20. Um I was uh, the the fifth of of uh, a family of boys, and I was the only girl. And we moved to uh, a part of section of town in Shreveport that uh, uh, Shelby Singleton lived across the street, and we just became friends, and we eloped naturally at thirteen and seventeen. You were thirteen years old. Where'd you elope to? Uh, Louisville, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And that you could get married that young there? There you could go across the line, and my sister-in-law went with us as a witness that I was 18. Oh, so you lied about it. <laughs> I lied. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I got married on April Fool's Day, and I always told Shelby he was the fool I got. <laughs> <laughs> Shelby Singleton was one of the most colorful record executives this town has ever seen. He was a real born salesman. Absolutely. And, uh, That's how he got into it. He was not a musician. No, not nothing. musical at all. Uh-uh. He was an engineer out at Remington Rand's ammunition factory. Mm-hmm. We both worked out there. At later, I did. Mm-hmm. But uh, Did he get you on the hayride, or did you get no, on yourself? No, sir, he did not. No, Tillman Franks. I went there. Shelby always went backstage. He met the people as I met them. Mm-hmm. And Pappy Daly, when I went to... Uh, Houston, uh, Benny Barnes asked, did we want to go with him? And so we did, naturally, and he asked Pappy to listen to me that night, and I did my first session. I think it was nothing but true love. Mm-hmm. And not what he's got, I believe, was doing that session. Were you, were, when you went on the hayride, were you singing your own songs, or were you singing hits? Others. I was singing others. Well, can you remember the first song you ever sang on the show? I used to do Jambalaya a lot. Goodbye, Joe, me gotta go, me oh my oh. Me gotta go, pull the pirogue down the bio. <laughs> that one. <laughs> nice. Jambalaya crawfish pie. The uh, show was noted uh, for being kind of a farm club for the Opry because the Webb Pierce came from there and Jim Reeves and Johnny Horton and Floyd Kramer and Farron Young and you and all these people. One of the most... Kitty and Johnny were there. That's right, Kitty Elvis Wells and Johnny was right. there uh, in was the that? early days and uh, uh, Bob Lumen. Oh, that's right. I forgot Bob Lumen yeah, came from and, there. And, and so was... Uh, what's the guy that had... Were the Browns on? I don't remember. I seem like they were, but I I won't definitely say. A lot of people remember it as a place where Elvis Presley sort of learned his stage moves and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Were you ever on the show with Elvis? Once. Uh Uh-huh. What was that like? Well. Did they scream and yell? 
Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was never a real big fan of anybody that much, you know. I loved him, and I loved his... I loved to hear him and watch him, but I didn't scream and holler like like the real fans do. Did he have a lot of magnetism? Yes. Yeah. A quiet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very quiet. So Benny Barnes on the on the show takes you down to Houston to start a records. Right. And this is where you get your first recording session. Mm-hmm. So you the Star Day then kind of merged with Mercury Records and that's you get wind up on Mercury Records here in Nashville right. with George Jones. Yeah. Right. So before long before Tammy Wynette, you were recording duets with George. Right. Actually I think Jeanette Hicks, a girl in three fourth that was on the Hayride, had yearning with him. Mm-hmm. But I was the first one to have a uh, full album. I cut 14 sides with mm-hmm. him. Wow. Interesting thing about that is there was 12 sides that came out on the album, Duets Country Style. Mm-hmm. I have that record. And here last year, I uh, was riding in the car with my guitar player coming from an event, and uh, somehow he started playing a song on YouTube, and it was... Uh, one by one. Oh, I love one by and one. And he said, Miss Margie, that's you and George. I said, no, that's not me. And we listened, and I, he showed me the phone, and he said, well, it says it's you and George Jones, and it was. I didn't remember cutting it. <laughs> one by one, we broke each vow we made. It was you. Do you know Waltz of the Angels? Mm-hmm. Is that on that same record? Uh-huh. That was this was the big hit. You want me to sing that? Uh-huh. The walls of the angels I hear each time. I hold you tightly in these arms of mine. It's surely from heaven, the music I hear. When your lips say, I love you, in one's time, my dear. There must be a power much higher than a writer of love songs way up in the sky A maker of roses of love sweet and true And the walls of the angels he wrote just for you And the walls of the he wrote just for you. Hmm. I love Walls of the Angel. Yeah, That's the first time I ever did it by myself. <laughs> well, you had, well, a you had to do it. Yeah. I did you a service by not joining in. Okay. <laughs> did you? <laughs> and what's interesting about that is that on a lot of the George Jones records, he's the one who sings the harmony part. Mm-hmm. But on that record, you, sung, you sang the harmony right. part. So, so it's kind of difficult. Mm-hmm. Was he was George a crazy alcoholic nut job when you knew him, or was he more normal back then? He was more normal when I was around him. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
it, it's been said in the write-ups and stuff that during our session that he must have went out and got him a nip or two, but I don't know that. Uh, he was very uh, serious and, you know, about recording, and we had a lot of fun on that session, but uh, I don't think that he was drunk or anything, and uh, he was kind of... I remember at the, at the microphone, you had to stand at one mic, one mic for the singers and one for the musicians. That was it, two tracks, remember? <laughs> mm-hmm. And so he had his arm around my waist, and, and I could feel his tenseness. Mm-hmm. You know, it was kind of really serious. Did you have a sense, because you obviously got him before Tammy, how big this guy was going to be? You know, in retrospect, we would have bought this whole street back there, wouldn't we? <laughs> Uh, I knew that he was great, and I was honored to be able to record with him. I never knew how big anybody was going to be. It's just it's just been incredible, this country music business, hasn't it? Oh, yeah. Shelby Singleton became the head of Mercury Records while you were on the label, and one of the things he did was he brought the label's R&B stars to Nashville. He bought the brought the black artists here to Nashville right. to record with the Music Row Session musicians. Yes, the Josh White family, you remember them? Mm-hmm. He brought uh, Demita Joe, he brought uh, Clyde McFadder, Brooke Benton. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing of it is, there was no place for them to stay except uh, El Dorado Motel. We talked about that the last time I saw you. You mm-hmm. know, what a bad... The, sign, the, sign the, is sign, st- the yeah. sign's still there, but the motel's not there anymore. Right, and so it was kind of a, a bad place. So they all would stay out at our house. Yeah, the downtown hotels, no blacks could stay. No, they couldn't stay. No. Isn't that incredible? It's amazing. Terrible. Yeah. And it's how great of you guys to put everybody up. Well, and it worked out good for you as a songwriter. Yes, it did. <laughs> I had a I had a cut by three cuts by Brooke Benton and remember Johnny Halliday? Mm-hmm. He just passed away. By the way, did you see that? I did see that. Hated that so bad. He, he was the French Elvis. He was he was as big a star in France as Elvis was here. <laughs> and uh, he recorded a song of mine. And Clyde McFadder did too. Yes, next to me. And boy, what a Great record, that is. He was a wonderful singer. Yes, he was. The biggest hit was probably Lie to Me, uh, the Brooke Benton the song. Brooke Benton, yeah. Uh, which was a big R&B hit, which is so unusual that a country girl from Shreveport, Louisiana, who's living in Nashville and recording sessions, singer, writes an R&B hit for a guy. And Did you get it to him because he was staying at the house? Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> My mama didn't raise no fools. <laughs> Take advantage of every opportunity. <laughs> No, we were sitting on the couch in the music room one day, and I asked him would he listen to one of my songs, and he liked it. But his manager said he had to have half of it to cut it. So Which was the way again. they did back then. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. And what do you mean, half of it? Meaning when you look at half- when you look he at "Lie to Me," the songwriter credit on it today reads Brooke, Margie, Margie, Margie Singleton, and Brooke Benton, even though Margie wrote the whole thing. Right. So I said I'd rather have half of something than all or nothing. So. You want me to sing loud? Absolutely. I know I'm losing you. I feel it all the time. And I know if I lose you, I'm going to lose my mind. So lie to me. Lie to me. Make me believe every word you say. 
baby, just lie, lie. I'd rather have it that way. Nobody told me that you were cheating. Oh, it's just a feeling I had. But if I'm right, you'd better lie to me. Then I won't feel so bad Because the truth would only hurt me And that price is too big to pay So lie to me, lie to me I love that song. <laughs> that makes me so happy. <laughs> I knew both of your sons, know both of your sons from Shelby, from your marriage to Shelby. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sydney and... Yeah. Uh, to Steve. Steve. Yeah, Steve's uh, the oldest. Right. Sydney. I think he's the one you know more, better. Steve, I knew a little bit. Yeah, he was at BMI for a, mm-hmm. a long time. And, and I used to hang out at his yeah. recording studio. On 18th, wasn't it on 18th? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had a nice little studio there. Um, but, you know. And what's Sydney doing? He's still working at Sun. At Sun Records? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. His dad's good for him. him. Yeah. He hung in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you uh, had your second husband was a star. Uh, Leon Ashley, who had several big, big records. Uh, yeah. Laura, what's he got that I ain't got? Even Kenny Rogers cut that. Oh, I mean, yeah. he, Tom Jones, Engelbert Humperdinck, Marty Robbins. Can you sing it? <laughs> Laura, hold his hand and count my fingers. Laura, touch these lips you once desired. Lay your head on my chest Hear my heart beat Gently run your fingers Through my hair Touch these ears That listen to your wishes Most of them fulfilled And that's a lot Let your soft Gentle hands caress my body Then tell me what he's got that I ain't got He was the love of your life, wasn't he? Oh, my God, yes. So... Shelby did me a favor when he left me for that airline stewardess. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I let my mouth overload, you know. (laughs) I did have my wonderful sons. You did have your wonderful sons, yes. And... and a great career at Mercury, but th- when you when the divorce happened, that pretty much was over for you at Mercury, right? For me, period. Really? Until that, that scuttled your career. Well, you know, we were kind of the up and coming couple. I had hits, duets, and single, and mm-hmm. he was producing, and and I was writing, and just everything going well. Mm-hmm. But you know, as as you men do, some of you. <laughs> Get the Roman eye, but the grass ain't greener on the other side. So that was it for you at Mercury. That was kaput. Yeah. Well, uh, you had that was right around the time when you had that big hit with Fair and Young. I right? was just going to say that our next. Uh, everybody wants to know why we didn't have a follow up. The song, the hit was uh, Keeping, Keeping Up, up with, with the, the Joneses, Joneses. and um, we were going to do Mr. Peters that Roy Drusky and Priscilla Mitchell. He put them together and mm-hmm. did, and. Uh, that's why we didn't have a follow-up, folks, is because of that. The divorce, it, it kind of left 
things in a shambles music-wise and personally there for a while, but I jokingly say things about it. You know, for a while I was bitter. I felt like he, my my history was gone because he did say he bought my first guitar, he got me on record, he did all this. None he, of which was true. No. Yeah. No. Shelby took credit for everything. He was with me, you know, in the background when I got on the hayride, you know, and when I recorded first. When I came to Nashville, he did get, you know, he was stepping up, and he did put me with George and, and of course, I Murphy. But I think uh, listening back to the sides that I did, uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm happy about it. Do Keeping Up With The Joneses. we got to hear that. Oh, my goodness. You are putting me in... I won't sing this time because I don't know this song as well as I know Waltz of the Angels. <laughs> well, the Joneses bought a new house. We did too. And then a new car. So we bought one too. Because we had to keep up with the Joneses. That was the you thing to do that's enough of that because it gets into the harmony big and and it's hard to sing by myself you're listening to children of song i'm your host robert k orman and we're talking and listening to margie singleton the great margie singleton today with producer brad newman along for the ride that's right you join yourself oh yeah she's great i love margie Margie. there's something pure about margie you know (laughs) they don't make them like you anymore (laughs) i hope not Tell me, tell the story about finding the cards from Leon. Oh yes, um, I got to do that. Here, hold my guitar a minute. On our, on our fiftieth, what would have been my our fiftieth anniversary? He died two years before our fiftieth. I was going. He always sent me cards and wrote the sweetest things on them. And I, as I remember, I think I got on that my eleventh anniversary. He he sent me a card that said uh, he was late with saying happy anniversary, and he said, other than my love, my presence yet to come. <laughs> and, <laughs> I've been there. I've been and there, of the ones ones I've given you in the past, it will be the best one yet. And though I'm late with this card, my love was right on time. Because every minute of our life, I keep you on my mind. Oh, Love. that's sweet. And but then, with this card, and and it wasn't. I didn't see it until the day of our fiftieth anniversary. And this gives me chills. Mm-hmm. It really does. Because on our fiftieth anniversary, this is a card he gave. He put on our eleventh anniversary. Mm-hmm. He wrote it on our eleventh anniversary, and it says, "Since I." Am so forgetful, was so forgetful on our 11th anniversary, I may not have the mind at all 39 years from today. So this is to sent, is sent early to be sure I don't forget. And to let you know, I believe that we will make that 50 yet. Wow. And you found it on the 50th? I found it on the 50th anniversary, and I just freaked out. And he had died. Yeah, wow. two years before. Wow. That's got to be some kind of mojo there. Yeah. It's communicating from beyond, mm-hmm. really. 
I believe in, I don't think anything happens by chance. Mm -hmm. I believe in the Lord, and I believe that uh, all things come from Him. And I think He let me find that that day to give me the the knowing that, that He loved me. And I might tear up, so I'm not going to say nothing else about it. <laughs> I was going to ask you about, the. I think it's amazing that at 82, you're still writing. You're, yeah, you're still creating. Yeah, I just a song that I did for her yesterday. What was that one, it. the other day you sang me one that somebody asked you to write about their cheating situation or something? Or their, oh. Well, I like that song. It's, it, I do, too. I thought it's that was a good called, song. Um, it's it's called I Buried Your Memory I Alive. I Buried Your Memory Alive. That was it. Yeah, that was a cool okay. song. You want to hear Yeah, I love that? this song. I can't I, It's so cool that you're still writing. <laughs> I went to a funeral last night. I buried old memories that you left behind I knew I had to move on if I wanted to survive so I just buried your old memory alive I tried to kill my love for you with no success in sight I tried to kill your memory, it refuses to die. It keeps hanging on, hanging on for dear life. So I just buried your old memory alive. I went to a funeral last night. I buried old memory that you left behind. I knew I had to move on if I wanted to survive. So I just buried your memory alive. <laughs> you were recently inducted into the Atlanta Country Music Hall of Fame, right? Or yeah. what, what, or Atlanta Music Hall of Fame? Atlanta Country Music Hall of Fame, uh -huh. yeah. They don't have the state of Georgia anymore. They don't? Mm -mm. I think this kind of took the place of it or uh -huh. something. I don't know, but... Was it cool? What did you do? Oh, man, that was. It was wonderful because that's Leon's home state. Mm -hmm. And we worked the last 10 years of our career before he got cancer in 2006. We worked in Georgia. Mm -hmm. He wanted to take his music to the people that, that he loved and, and to his home. And so that's what we did. That's why I was inducted into it, because I did those shows and worked with him. Mm -hmm. And we did have a home down there at one time, had land. Are you still doing shows? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> You're still rocking, Margie. <laughs> I'm not rolling too good. I, I have a question for you, because it's, it's just so interesting. You talked about early on that you, you wrote about things like, you know, when you were a teenager. And it, it's interesting now, the imagery, especially of that last song, is like, you know, I went to a funeral. And, you know, you're, you're, you're 82, and you're still going, and you're still writing, you're, you're, you're doing amazing things. How do you approach it as an older person the music and do you does it change for you knowing that there's there's less in front of you than behind you 
You know, I don't think about that. I really, do you think about that? No, no. Because I try I, not to. <laughs> I try not to because God gives me every day I get up. I thank God that I got up this day, and I just take it a day at a time. And I ask the Lord to give me songs. And he, like I think I told you, I don't do the, the I'm guilty this time and all those cheating type songs. I don't, I'm not interested in that type of song. I don't care what it is, but I, I try to write good country songs. Like uh, uh, I just wrote one that I sang to, to her on the way up here the other day, uh, uh, if today could be yesterday again. How's it go? Well, it's not. <laughs> hmm, let me see. <laughs> we're, about, we're about to find out. <laughs> you took me back so many times. Yes, I thought you always would. When angry words caused me to run out. Now the kiss and makeup knots we had have come to an end. You're tired of that. You don't want me back again. Oh, but I would hold you in my arms and say I'm sorry and I'd be crying bitter tears of regret I wouldn't run out and slam the door on you the way I did if today could be yesterday again that's cool. That is really, really good. <laughs> That's country, too. <laughs> it's country. It so is. why am I writing them? Nobody's doing country. But you know what? The younger artists, a lot of them are doing traditional stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, yeah. It always comes around. And believe it or not, this woman has a current video and single. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus but, is my pusher. Jesus is my pusher. <laughs> I heard that last night. Beautiful. Should we say goodbye? As yeah, let's, plays let's, that? let's go out with that one. Okay. Well, he, he wanted me to do the song I wrote after Leon passed away. Oh, Let I don't do know that. about I don't. I don't know the story. Go ahead. Okay. Well, when he passed away, it, it, it almost killed me. And for two years, I was, I was down. But God gave me this song. It's the title of my last CD, On the Other Side of Life. I wrote it about his passing. On the other side of life I will be waiting If I get there before you do But if you happen to arrive Before I do Wait for me I'll be Coming soon. I had a dream last night. I went to heaven. I was searching everywhere for you. Then I looked down at Jesus' feet and I saw you. Waiting there for me Just the way I prayed 
friend you'd be Then I knew I had reached the end of life's journey All my struggles and my heartaches were true What more could I ask than to be in heaven And spend eternity with my Jesus and you Let it be so, let it be true, let it be real Let it be all it seems to be Let it be more than just a dream Jesus won't you please you're so good <laughs> you are you are you have been among the very best and you sit there and tell me <laughs> but i love you and i, I love you too you so i've much. always loved you i've got thank all your records you know i do because I, I had do you autographed brought- I'd like to know which one you said you didn't have i don't know I have to look. send me a picture of them okay or the titles, and I will. You got my phone number. Okay, I'm going to have it here in a minute. Okay, <laughs> but I, we have to close with Jesus is my okay. pusher because that's your new record, right? Thank you for doing that. Tell me how you came came to write this song. I wrote this song, believe it or not, 50 years ago. There's an old version of it on YouTube. Is that right? Yep, and it didn't have harmony on it, and it didn't wasn't quite there for me. So I uh, I wrote a new verse for it. The last verse of it is new. And um, it, it's doing quite well, doing pretty good. It's good. selling some on CD Baby and, and all that. Well, the ghettos are filled with pushers of men, children of darkness, servants of sin. I found me this pusher, I've sampled his ways. Jesus is my pusher. He's pushed away my cares Well, I'm on a trip with Jesus He's pushing me on My heart is filled with love On my lips, a happy song My soul is high On the Spirit of the Lord Jesus is my pusher now And he's pushing me on home By the record, she has a a, a reissue on Bear Family Records. It's called Jukebox Pearls. Mm -hmm. And then she's got Jesus Is My Pusher as her new record. And And then also I have uh, the On the Other Side of Life CD. It can be purchased on on CD Baby and um, my website, MargieSingletonMusic.com. She's still doing it, folks. (laughs) You are precious. Thank you. I love you, Margie Singleton. I love you, too. (laughs) Thank you so much. Mutual admiration society. And you know what? I just fell in love with you, too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, me, too. Before we let you go, we want to welcome you to the B-Side. Here's a chance for us to tell one more story and, in today's case, share one more song. As Margie explained earlier, way before George Jones sang with Tammy Wynette, he sang harmonies with Margie Singleton. Well, as friends of this podcast know, we're always game for a good George Jones story. 
easily one of the most colorful characters in country music history, it usually doesn't get any better, and this one doesn't disappoint. Once again, here's Margie Singleton. Well, the George Jones story that I was going to tell that is, is, is okay enough to tell is in Shreveport after the hayride one night. You remember the XERF and mm -hmm. Acuna, Mexico? The border station. Yeah. That These were border radio non -directional. stations. Yeah, they were giant broadcasters just south of the border, and they they skirted the U.S. laws about how much, how powerful your radio signal could be. So they broadcast. So they broadcast like a billion watts into the United States from, you know. Mm -hmm. And and uh, they, uh, they, all night, every night, they would have these preachers on. Mm -hmm. So George was driving back to, to uh, Vider, Texas, where he was from, and he had his bottle, you know, was drinking and, and smoking his cigarettes and listening to the preachers. So down the road, he got he got religion. He got got felt guilty, condemned, you know, of all this stuff he was doing, and he rolled the window down. And he threw his cigarettes and his bottle out the car. Well, it's a long drive to Vider from Shreveport. So after the preachers went off and daylight came, and he sobered up and he said. Well, and he turned around and started looking for his bottles of cigarettes. Of course, I don't think he found them, but that's one of the stories that, that I remember about George. You'd see him just wandering down the yeah. highway looking for a where bottle. Did I, where did I leave that bottle? <laughs> now, last but not least, since we sat down with Margie, she's released a brand new single, Heaven or Hell, inspired by her pastor, Kent Riddle, who told her he had a vision one that she put into words and music too. As we say goodbye, once again, here's Margie Singleton. Make up your mind while you still have time. Picture a dungeon, shackles and chains. Picture no sunshine. Picture no rain to quench the everlasting fire that tortures endlessly. Picture you there, feel the fire, heaven or hell, what will it be? It's up to you to decide Heaven or hell, make up your mind While you still have time Thanks for listening to Children of Song, the podcast everyone's talking about. It's been my pleasure to produce and bring these stories to you over the last year or so. For Robert K. Orman and everyone else who's made this possible, till next time, I'm Brad Newman. Thanks for listening. everybody, it's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com. 
Listen to Fox News Podcast shows ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or follow wherever you get your podcasts.